0: Welcome, everybody, to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here today with another episode. Guys, God is good all the time. Remember the blessings that you have in your life, guys. Continue to pray for the president, for the government. Uh, Pray for people who have been affected by the current pandemic. Pray for people who are suffering in the world today and do what you can to help. Uh, To the best of your ability, our verse of the day comes from Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 7.26. Do not bring a detestable thing into your house, or you, like it, will be set apart for destruction. Utterly abhor and detest it, for it is set apart for destruction. Amen to that. So we are getting back into talking about uh, racism a bit here today. But I guess not exactly. But it is something I have been thinking about. Out here in Utah, of course, I have discussed it on the podcast uh, a few times. I have talked about uh, the religion Mormonism. Some consider it a Christian denomination. I, I usually do not. Some consider it a cult. Uh, some consider it all other types of things. Some people actually believe it. I have demonstrated on this podcast why I don't. But um, that is not what we are discussing here today. In light of the Black Lives Matter movement and the the discussions we are having with family members, with friends, about systemic racism, white privilege, etc. I have noticed on social media in particular how many of my LDS friends have been posting about it, have been uh, encouraging uh, the fight against it um and it, it is very interesting to me in particular uh because of the racist history of the mormon church it's very interesting to me be, because it, it seems almost hypocritical um to suggest that we should fight against systemic racism that we should fight against um white privilege when your church didn't allow African-Americans to become priests until 1978. That was very recent. 41 years ago, I think. That is hypocrisy, in a sense. That is a, a, that is ignoring your own religious uh, sins. Now, uh, to be clear, the Christian church itself, whether Baptist, whether Catholic, whether any other Protestant or uh, any other denomination, have done racist things in the past. In fact, they were the main perpetuators of racism in this country. However, it was never in their doctrine. The Bible never upholds a certain race over another. so i have just pulled up in the past couple minutes i've been talking to you racism in the book of mormon Uh, i haven't read through these i know there are verses in there second uh second nephi 521 i believe is one the one that i'm most familiar with but let's see uh and it came to pass that i looked and behold the great city of jerusalem and other cities and i beheld the city of nazareth In the city of Nazareth I beheld the virgin. She was exceedingly fair and white. And it came to pass that I saw the heavens open, and an angel came down and stood before me, and he said unto me, Nephi, what beholdest thou? And I said to him, A virgin most beautiful and fair above all other virgins. See, there is only a few words in here that changes the whole meaning of the text. She was exceedingly fair and white now friends you cannot justify that that is clearly upholding someone who is of caucasian descent as more beautiful than someone of a dark of a darker heritage of a darker skin color and there's a whole list of it here's the one i was just telling you about second e5 521 uh the the verse and the first verse I read to you, I should say the verse, uh, 1 Nephi 13, 14 through 15, if you want to double-check me on that. But we'll go ahead and read 2 Nephi 5, 21 through 23. And it says, And he caused the cursing upon them, yea, even a sore cursing, because of their iniquity. For behold, they had hardened their hearts against them, that they... Have become unto a flint, wherefore, as they were white, and exceedingly fair and delightsome, that they, they might be, not be enticing unto my people, the Lord God did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. And thus saith the Lord God, I will cause that they shall be loathsome unto, my pe- unto thy people, save they shall repent of their iniquities, and curse shall be seed of him that mixes mixeth with their seed. For they shall be cursed, even with the same cursing. And the Lord spake it, and it was done. How are you going to justify that? And again, if we are truly going to have a conversation about racism, we have to address your own uh, religious doctrine. Now, many of you in the audience may be upset. As I have said many times before, my statistics show my audience is mostly young Mormons. It is a majority young Mormon audience. So many of you may be upset that I'm reading this. Maybe you have just stopped listening altogether through this episode. But if you are still listening and you're hearing what I'm saying right now, just consider... If you are going to fight truly against racism, address the racism in your own church. I'm not asking you to leave. I ask you to leave that church for other reasons. The fact that it is not true based on historical and scientific evidence. Different topic. fact of the matter is, your own doctrine is racist. Again people are going to ask me, well, the Christian church has been racist, so how do you justify that? You're right. That is when man corrupts. it. That is never in the Bible. You never will find anything like that in biblical text. But people will try and conflate it. They'll try and justify it. They'll try and use verses in the Bible to try and justify their means. They don't use the Bible to justify God's means. They don't use their words to help justify what god is doing they use the bible and skew it to promote man's doctrine and this is the utter problem so what the book of mormon is it is a skewed version of joseph smith's mind and doctrine joseph smith your first prophet was a racist he was a racist so dealing with that We have to consider what you are fighting against. If you are LDS, you're openly promoting Black Lives Matter, if you are openly promoting racial equality and racial justice, how do you justify this? It doesn't work that way. I have to be 100% honest with you, the audience. Or we will have no transparency on this podcast. I have to say, I think what I believe and what I just read as a biracial person of color. That personally is offensive. Now, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I don't particularly care. But when you openly... Fight against racism, but don't fight against it in your own belief system. That is a problem. That is hypocrisy. We'll be right back after this short break. Make sure you visit our website, cscpodcast.org. Go check out our YouTube channel and help the ministry continue to grow. We will be right back. Continuing on with our series about animal captivity, animal welfare, we are reading this um, article from a website called thedodo.com. I I love that name. Um, And it says seven reasons you and everyone you know should boycott SeaWorld. This shall be interesting. Number one, SeaWorld has violated the Animal Welfare Act multiple times. In January, the USDA found Seaworld Orlando in violation of the Animal Welfare Act after a routine inspection uncovered expired veterinary materials in the park's surgical suite and animal performance facilities in disrepair. But this wasn't the first time a Seaworld park received a USDA uh, citation. Seaworld has been condemned for animal welfare Violations multiple times, occurring in citations of 2007, 2012, and again in 2014, where PETA asked the USDA to investigate an incident involving a child who was report- reportedly bitten by a dolphin at Sea San Antonio. First of all, if the child was bitten by a dolphin, he probably deserved it. He probably messed with that thing. Second of all, um, what does this have to do with boycotting? I understand that the conditions need to be helped there but giving them less money is counterproductive what you should do is lobby for certain laws to mandate certain conditions you don't boycott and give them less money to be able to repair stuff that requires more money that's counterproductive SeaWorld separates orchid calves from their numbers. This is point number two. And then they claim that it doesn't. They, the acclaimed documentary, Blackfish, includes a harrowing scene of one of SeaWorld's orchid and mothers screeching after being separated from her calf. That was a false clip, actually. It wasn't even the same animal. But, of course, we'll, we'll just leave that out. Uh, which the park uh, critics allege happens regularly. SeaWorld has denied these claims even... Going as far as to celebrate the mother-calf bond with a PR campaign that ironically features separated whales. But while SeaWorld admits that keeping whale families together is integral, integral, I can never read, guys. I need it. I need help with reading stuff. Uh, to to the animal's well-being, their actions tell a different story. The list of captive calves that have been separated from their mother is astonishing. Various reasons for this, I uh, don't necessarily agree with it though. I certainly have my disagreements with the SeaWorld Corporation. It is decided by the corporation in terms of money interest. It is also decided based on the mother-calf relationship. Sometimes there is conflict, sometimes it just doesn't work right for the mother and the calf. Sometimes the mother will reject it and there will be a physical conflict, so it is required that they are moved. Uh, point number two: the specific incident that they mentioned in Blackfish. They, what did they? What they didn't mention is the fact that uh, the mother was returned to its calf a few months later. But that wouldn't help the narrative uh, at all. And again, I have to stress that uh, that the orca mother's screeching is not the same orca. They did that for the dramatic and emotional connection. Point number three, SeaWorld runs an orca breeding program that shows little regard for um, their health. Okay, well, their orca breeding program has ended. This article was written in 2014, I believe, but we'll go ahead and read through it. When the capture of wild orcas became illegal, SeaWorld established a regimented but not very scientific breeding program that fails to consider orca welfare. Female whales are forced to breed Around the young ages of 8 or 9, despite research that shows the average orca breeding age closer to 15, the city world also conducts a practice of continuous breeding, constantly uh, artificially inseminating females with uh, ejaculate... Oh, my gosh. Okay, it, get, it gets a little too detailed uh, for me to read on this podcast, but um, I don't agree with the practice. It's not done anymore. As of right now, um, it is one of the things I severely disagree with. What they should do is, if I were the CEO of SeaWorld, here's what I would do. I'd do the blue border project, first of all. That's $100 million. It will dramatically expand the taints, make the animals a lot happier, and then allow natural breeding to occur. That is the best option. By far, number four, SeaWorld stole baby penguins from a col- from their colony in Antarctica. Uh, SeaWorld may deny separating orca families, but they haven't denied stealing penguin chicks from their colonies in Antarctica. And according to one report, SeaWorld went on a 2011 mission that captured ten independent emperor penguin chicks from their parents. Particularly heartbreaking because. A- Emperor penguins are known to be some of the most dedicated t- caretakers in the animal world. The park countered the criticism by the capture of the capture by claiming that the chicks were taken on behalf of a nearby university. They were later transferred to SeaWorld's penguin encounter exhibit. Again, I condemn acts such as this, but what would boycotting do? What you should do is go through the legal system and make things like this illegal. That is the most effective method. Uh, Point number five, SeaWorld shows little regard regard for worker safety. In fact, they lobby against it. At the center of Blackfish is an ongoing legal battle between uh, SeaWorld has been fighting with OSHA, the federal agency that enforces workplace safety and health standards. She will petition a federal court of appeals to continue allowing orca trainers to swim in tanks with the animals, which has been called dangerous and stressful for both humans and whales. Remember, it is a voluntary thing for humans to do, and it comes with certain dangers. There is a lot of dangerous things we do every day. You are much more likely to be killed in a car accident than you are from swimming with a giant orca. It is a very rare occasion. Uh, let's see, the last time it happened was in 2010 with Don Brancha. Uh, and th- there has been several incidents, but it is a very rare occasion that a trainer gets killed by a killer whale. Uh, the court denied Seaworld's petition. Additionally, Seaworld has also been a huge proponent of legislation that w- would allow its parks to deny health ca- coverage in spite of the Affordable Care Act, uh, despite uh, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, dangerous levels of quarantine uh, chlorine in its tanks that threaten the employee's health um i have been told by people who visit SeaWorld regularly uh and that know the trainers personally that this is just a myth there is no chlorine in the, the tanks i have no way to prove that to you because uh what this whole debate is about is he shed, he said she said so he, it is very hard to choose who to believe uh, point number six, Seaworld drugs are animals even when they're nursing uh, against accepted veterinary guidelines. Healthy animals don't need uh, uh, psychoactive drugs, but animals at Seaworld do. The park's captive orcas not only displayed troubling behavior that warrants uh, intervention, but they also received that intervention in form of... Uh, you know what, my reading is so off today, I cannot pronounce any of these words right now, so I'm not even going to try, I'm going to skip ahead. Even if they're nursing calves against widely accepted veterinary guidelines, animal welfare advocates say that the aggression and anguish in captive animals display, which often prompts the use of drugs, is the result of their captivity. So again, it says healthy animals don't need those drugs. Now, we these guys have already established that these Uh, Animals are not healthy because of captivity, so which is it? Again, uh, it doesn't mention the exact type of drugs and why they are being used. So I cannot properly comment based on the information that they present. It is purposely vague so that uh, the viewer, the reader, can just have a vague opinion against SeaWorld. And final point, number seven, World profits off keeping orcas and other marine animals in captivity. Well, obviously, that was the whole point of their capture in the first place. Despite evidence that captivity not only induces unnatural behaviors in whales, but also dangerous trainers, SeaWorld continues to keep intelligent marine animals, including orcas and dolphins, in detrimental captive environments. Both research and anecdotal experience have shown that the lives of the park's captive animals are marked by pain and suffering, which these bright creatures would have never encountered if it were not for sea world. Okay, that's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. It says they would have never encountered it if they were never at sea world. Notice, the ocean is a very difficult place to live. Now, orcas do not have natural predators when they are uh, full size. There are things that will certainly kill them out there, though. There are many diseases out there that they don't get treatment for out in the wild because, duh, there's no v- veterinarians out there taking care of wild orcas. I mean, that that last comment is absolutely ludicrous for a variety of reasons, particularly that the ocean is a very dangerous place. Uh, ca- They act like... Whales don't die in the wild; they die all the time. Now, at the rate of death and the percentage of death may be different between captivity and wild orcas. I haven't looked at the statistics. On average, depending on the ecotype of whale that you look like that you look at, the whales at SeaWorld live to be around thirty plus years. The wild orcas of those same ecotypes live a bit longer, from most statistics I've looked at. I'm being very vague with this, because I don't want to give any incorrect information. I do not think captivity is the right place. You cannot replace the ocean. But those animals there are taken care of better than anywhere else in the world. They are taken care of to the best of sea worlds, not the best, but to a high ability. And they, the trainers and the veterinarians will do anything to help those animals. We must provide the best situation possible for them. But again, we must realize that we do not know everything. There is no clear solution to this problem. And we must accept the fact that we are not in complete control of the situation and what happens to them. We must consider... All the facts, all the options for the welfare of these animals and animals like them around the world must fight against animal abuse, must fight against all sorts of injustice all across the board. I'm sorry this podcast episode was a bit late today. Uh, I did a hike last night and the day before, so I've just been worn out, probably why I can't read properly today, super tired. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Common Sense Christianity. I'm sorry I'm more boring and tired than usual. Uh, Pray for me, pray for this ministry, help us continue to grow so we can spread the message of Christ to all creation. I love you guys. I love you for all your support. I pray for you. Pray for the president, pray for the government, Pray that we will get this pandemic under control, that we can get back to our normal lives, having church together. Remember, there is always hope, always a way forward, and there is always no way to spread the message of Christ Jesus to all creation. God bless you guys. See you here on Wednesday. You just listened to an episode of Common Sense Christianity. I'm your host, Ethan Foster, as always. And we love doing this for you guys. Please share the podcast with your friends and family if you like it. And frankly, even if you don't, uh, subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review so that more people can hear the word of God. And until next time, God bless you.